Well, today, man, we are excited and honored today to have uh, Sula Skiles here. Her and her husband uh, are pastoring in Destin, Florida. This is why I wore the Miami Vice jacket today, because we had a guest coming from from Florida, so I had to, had to go a little retro here. Last time I wore a white jacket like this, I had parachute pants and uh, a big mullet, but we won't go there. Okay. Uh, today, we are honored. Sula is married to uh, a friend of ours that uh, my wife and I went to college, Bible college with, to her husband, John, and we have been friends for many, many years with that side of the family and uh, just love them very, very dearly. And we counted a high honor. They started the church. They plan, They were pastoring uh, there as uh, part of staff there in Jefferson City for many years. And now the last two years have moved to Destin, Florida. How many think God could call you to Destin? You believe that? Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, some of you people go there. A lot of you people go there to vacation. And uh, you're the ones that are causing all the traffic jam for people who live there. But they, they, they love having you. When you're in town, if you would like to know more about attending one of the churches, they would love to have you attend their church when you're there this summer vacationing. They always have vacationers that drop in. And uh, if you would like to know more about where the church is located, Impact Life Church, let me know before you go, and I'll make sure you get that information so you can visit them on a Sunday while you're in Destin. But today, we counted a high honor. I'm going to ask her to come this morning. Pastor Sula, come and, and bless us. Now, she's coming today. First of all, she is a national speaker for uh, sex trafficking awareness and does a lot of that speaking. There's a lot of women's conferences and speaks all the time to different places sharing her testimony. But I think one of her greatest accomplishments is her children. Why don't you go bring that? that uh, we have a little special. She doesn't know this, but they sent her kids sent a little message this morning. They wanted mommy to see it. And I'm going to give this to you, Sula, as they play this message for you. Happy Mother's Day to the greatest mommy in the world. Her name is Sula. Can you guys say bye? Bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Well, that just messes me up. I wasn't expecting that. Thanks for doing that to me. <laughs> my sweet little kiddos. Wow. That is one of my greatest honors. Whoa. And when you hear my testimony, you'll see why having two healthy, adorable, amazing kids is such a gift from God for me. Um, wow. <laughs> I love your church. I love this church and I'm so honored to be here and to be able to speak with you all and share with you all today. I've been waiting and praying, um, for you all for this moment. And, um, it's just such an honor to be here. And I, I told the first service and I'll say it again. I honor your pastors. Um, they are just truly anointed and a gift to the body of Christ. I really believe that with all of my heart. You have amazing pastors and they have um, overwhelmed me with generosity and just with love. And we've had several laughs as I've heard some stories about my husband and your pastors from college. Uh, good stories, funny stories. Um, so I just, I never, I don't take it lightly every time that I get to come and speak somewhere. So this just isn't just like any other whatever kind of thing. I really um, honor this opportunity. I honor you all today. So, uh, and I have an amazing husband that's holding the fort down in, in Florida. Any, any friends of John Mark Skiles in the house, just wave at me. If you are, if you know my husband, Woo! <laughs> well, anyone else here that if I don't know you, you're a friend of mine automatically via my husband. Okay. So, um, and I'm so glad that, that my buddies that I love attend here. Um, Seth and Lacey, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. <laughs> um, so let's just go to the Lord in, in prayer. Father God, I just thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, that your presence is already here. I thank you, Father, that your kingdom is actively at work in this place. We just give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to just move during the word today. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, would you just make this message so personal to everyone here? I just love that about you, Holy Spirit, that one message can be divided in so many ways. I pray that, that with ears to hear, they, that we would all hear exactly what you want to say to us, Papa God, today. That we would just feel as if this is just for us. 
Lord, I thank you for the power of your word that transforms us, that renews our minds, that sets us free, that empowers us. And I just pray that today wouldn't be like just any other day, but Lord, let today be a day where we encounter you in a new way, where we become more aware of your affection and your love for us. Open our hearts, open our eyes of understanding, open our ears so that we can really hear what you're saying to us. And I just pray, Father, that as we all leave here today, let us feel like we've encountered your love in a greater measure. Give us a hunger to want more and more and more of you. And I just pray, Father, that as I share my story, I pray that anyone that's experienced these things will grab on to the hope and the faith that you, the same God who has set me free, will set them free and empower them to live a miraculous life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew, thank you, Father. Well, I'm going to be sharing some pretty heavy, crazy stuff with you all today. And I'm um, just going to share my story, and I'd love for you to put the, the, that first slide up, the glimpses of my past. Um, here it all is splatted on the wall. And I'm going to share my story with you, and I have it up because I know that there are many of you in this place that will be able to relate and understand and um, that some of these things that you see here are personal for you. Um, so I'm just going to leave this up as I'm sharing my story with you because I believe that God can work miracles in your life just as he has in mine. And I will tell you that some of it's kind of heavy and some of it's like it's some, some, some painful, gross, all kinds of crazy stuff that I've been through, but there's a really happy, miraculous ending. So listen to my story with a wonderful ending in mind. No, don't cry for me. It's, 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 we got a great miraculous ending. Um, but as I share, keep that in mind that this is a story that ends in victory. So as, when I was a child, like if I think back about my first memories ever, if I think back in my life, what's the first thing that I remember? It was, it was sexual abuse. My mom was a single mom, hardworking, in school, going for her master's degree. And so I would be watched, you know, at babysitter's house and stuff like that. And um, the first time that she ended up finding out that I was being sexually abused was at age three. And I had been watched there for a year and a half. So I was just one and a half when the abuse started. Um, I remember nothing before that. That's my first memory in life, is sexual abuse. Being forced under covers, being told not to tell. Big body parts violating my little body parts. With the threats of, if you tell, I'll kill you. Or if you tell, you're gonna get in trouble. And so that's how life started for me. And um, I didn't, I grew up not knowing my biological father, and so that presented challenges of feeling unprotected feeling like, where was he? Um, going to school and seeing that other kids had dads and stuff, and mine was never there. So my mom just did the best that she could to be everything that I needed. And, um, but even she couldn't protect me from all of the warfare and the things that I went through in my life. By age 12, I was severely depressed because I'd had several different abusers in my childhood and actually was... Um, um, suicidal. And my mom took me to uh, therapy. I, it, it was so painful that I literally had these wars going on inside, and I literally wanted my mom to die because I blamed her for everything. 12 years old, I'm saying, I wish you were dead because of all the pain and the, the abuse and the depression that I had been through in my life. And I wanted to end my life as well. This is how ugly it got. And so as a result of that, I got put into um, a mental institution. And it wasn't just like a, a flowery, pretty little you know, place. They actually had three wards. Like, you know, you go into C ward and you kind of graduate through until you're in A ward where they feel like you're no longer a threat to yourself or to others at 12 years old. And I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, so anybody struggling with any of these things, there's so much hope. <laughs> um, 
I ended up, all, I was always looking for love. I was always looking for answers. I was always looking for something to take my pain away. Um, and so I tried many things and even other religions. I got wound up at 12 years old. I got wound up in witchcraft in Wicca because I always knew there was something special about my life or something supernatural. I'd experienced supernatural things. So I was just out there searching and became a Wiccan, like full blown, like had the whole like cloak, like, you know, like spe- casting spells on people, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Got totally wrapped up in all that mess. And as a result, this opened me up to a whole nother world of like spiritual warfare and torment and demonic encounters and things of that nature that at age 12, I was just not ready for. No one's ready for, you know, um, the, those things to, to happen in their lives because we weren't made for that. Um, my first boyfriend uh, at 14... I was in love at 14, and we were going to get married and all of that. First boyfriend. So any young people in here, you've got that boy, and you think, oh, we're going to get married. Just wait on it. (laughs) Pray about it, you know. Um, But anyway, he wasn't a very good boyfriend, and he was older and very controlling and demanding. And in fact, on my 14th birthday, he had an idea of the gift that he wanted from me. And that was my virginity. He told me that since it's his birthday, he could have whatever he wants. And he wanted my virginity. And this was by no means in like, like a romance novel or something that you'd see on TV. Like my boyfriend was from the hood. So this was like laying next to piles of dirty laundry where like him and his brothers used to hide government cheese in the closet and like hide food from each other because at that time of month when they got the money to get the food in the house, they didn't know how long it was gonna stretch. So there was like literally this like dirty clothes, food hidden, tucked in places. And this is where like I'm losing my virginity and where I'm in love. It's crazy. (laughs) That resulted in me um, getting pregnant for the first time. And, uh, you know, because of all the things that I experienced and all the abuse that I went through, I didn't know how to tell him, no, I'm not going to give you my virginity because I had all of those voices echoing. If you tell, this is what will happen. So I just laid there numb, reliving all of these things from my childhood. And of course, every time that I went to my boyfriend's house after that, he wanted a gift to keep on giving. And so I, was, I got pregnant at 14. And um, my mom knew what was going on with me before I did, because I had no clue what was going on with my body, you know. And it was decided for me. It was just decided by my family that I was to get an abortion. And I had the comfort of, um, you know, insurance and all that, and was asleep and, during the abortion. And I had no clue what was going on in me. And it definitely marked and scarred my heart in ways that I didn't even understand. I was just trying to find something to numb the pain, take the pain away. So I got involved in drugs and alcohol. And um, it's crazy because even though I was such a wreck and such a messed up little little teenage girl, I was still like really excelling in, in my school and getting honors and taking college courses and all of that in high school. And like, so it, it must have been very challenging for my family to know these things were going on because I was really good at wearing a mask and keeping it all together when I was outside of my room and with my family. My family had no idea the things that I was going through. Um, so I got just addicted. Um, I always had vodka in my water bottle, you know, in my backpack at school. And because I was doing so well, I was like going to Stanford, summer programs at Stanford for um, those in high school that were like gifted in science and all those things. I was going to UCLA Medical uh, Youth Leadership Forum on Medicine and getting all these great opportunities. So from the outside looking in, and my teachers were always telling my mom how gifted I was and how smart I was and all of this. And really, I was in a chaotic, tormented world in here. I had, you know, I, I would, I'd be sneaking out at night to get acid and ecstasy. I, I, one of these boyfriends that was giving me and supplying me these drugs ended up um, giving me an opportunity to make some money. So I even, in high school, would carry ecstasy pills with me to school and sell them to my friends for a little bit of side cash. 
And I remember one time that boyfriend was like, oh, wow, you actually made some money. I thought you were going to pop them all yourself because he knew I was addicted. Um, so moving on, I ended up, you know, getting into the world of drugs and all of that um, and alcohol. I was always looking for somebody to buy me alcohol, and there was always someone that would. And uh, one time I found out that, you know, it's not always free. So any young people in here that like to get alcohol from older guys, let me just tell you, stop. <laughs> because one day you'll pay a price you don't want to pay. I guarantee it. Um, and he raped me. And that was the first time that I was raped. And so now with all of this pain and all of this going on, this is all still before age 16. Um, I was like, you know what? Forget men. All they do is beat on me, rape you, you know, do all that stuff. So forget them. So I was very sexually confused. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going with women. Maybe they won't do me so wrong like these guys have done me. And I will pause and take a commercial break and say that if you know anybody that is involved in other sexual preferences or um, never, never, never judge them because you don't know the story behind the life that they're living. I just want to pause and say that real quick. And I really love and I appreciate your pastors because they love everybody. And my husband and I are the same way. I mean, you can tell my story. I, I'm not one to judge anybody. But you never know the story behind a lifestyle that someone's living and the pain and the abuse and the addiction and the, and the, the torment behind it. So always love all people. So I think that's what Jesus does anyway. Um, Moving on, I ended up getting into another relationship with a guy that just won my heart again. There was always somebody that I was in love with, and they, they, you know, we were going to get married. <laughs> and I got pregnant for the second time at 16. And this time, I learned what to do. It was shown to me what you do. So this time, I was scared that my mom and, and you know, my stepdad would find out. So you know, at my high school, they actually had a Planned Parenthood on the school campus in the state of California. And I was able to go in there and sign up for an abortion with no parental consent, no adult consent, with no insurance, and they paid for it. And so here I was again for the second time getting an abortion. And I told my boyfriend, you know, all I need from you is just a ride home because they say that like, I'm going to be the drugs that I have to take and all of that. I, I shouldn't be driving or, you know, operating heavy machinery. And he's like, okay, yeah, you know, and, and the dude never shows up. So there I am alone getting an abortion in this clinic. And this time I don't have the comfort of being put to sleep because of comfy insurance. This time I was awake through the whole procedure. And um, the doctor that came in, I was just shaking and I was crying and, and the doctor, I could tell, maybe he had done so many abortions that day already and he was just like very short and very just rude and just put your, put your legs in the stirrups and let's just get this over with. You made this decision, let's just do it. And there I was, awake during this procedure. And you know, when I sat up after it all, they didn't even have the decency to cover the trash can or cover the tools that they used. And I saw my babies flush in blood right there as I sat up. So of course this scarred me again. And I just lied to them and I told them I had a ride home and I drove myself home. And, um, Soon after that, you know, trauma upon trauma, all this, my crazy world, um, this girl from, from school was like, hey, you should come to church. And um, I didn't go to church for the first time because my family was by no means churchy people. <laughs> um, I didn't go to church for the first time because I was excited about church, but she told me that there was really cute guys. And like, these were the kind of guys that are not drugging, they're not gonna beat on you, they're not gonna cheat you. Like, these are church boys, right? And I was like, maybe I just need to try a church boy. Maybe that's my problem. 
Literally, that's the reason I went to church. (laughs) And I ended up getting saved and I met my first love forever, Jesus. And it was what I'd been looking for. And I just had so many wonderful encounters with God and getting filled with his spirit and being called into ministry and all those things. But that wasn't the end of my tormented, crazy life because, see, I didn't really have the support system of faith at home. Um, And uh, there was just still a lot that I had to, that I went through, you know. And um, so I think discipleship is so important especially when you're new to this whole faith Christian thing, like to plug in with somebody and really be discipled. Um, soon after getting saved, you know, I brought that boy my, that I had the second abortion from. Um, I brought him to, to church because he was struggling and drugging and doing stuff too. And, and I brought him like two times. And it was about a year after that abortion that I found out that he was murdered he was shot in the head in his car. Drug deals gone bad. He was stealing to get drugs and, you know, it was, so he was murdered. And so now I had the, the shame and the pain and the guilt of, I've killed my baby. And this guy has no, like nothing left behind. Like he's been murdered. He's gone. Um, so that just drove that even deeper inside of me. And um, I ended up in a place with my family. Now I've graduated. Now, now finally I get to the place where I graduate high school and I was going to, um, San Francisco state and I only went through like the first semester of college and I was, I was doing good. I was like really proud of myself cause I was like going to be something and do something. And, and I got like certified for, um, laboratory work. Bless that baby boy. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> um, and so I was going to really do something with my, with my life, you know, and I got certified to draw blood and do lab work. And I was really excited about this because I was like, kind of like a little science nerd. And, um, but you know, in California, everything takes forever. So I didn't get all, I couldn't get a job right away over my summer break. And, um, I was home a lot and some stuff happened at home, which I'm just going to cover because, and I really cover the people in my life when I share my story because God has done such miraculous things in my relationships with my family. So I just cover and honor them. But some stuff happened at home and I was in a place where I just had nowhere to live. And this is when I was trying hard and going to church and like starting to teach vacation Bible school and getting really involved. And then I had a traumatic incident happen at home where I was, I then felt like I had nowhere to live. And instead of running to God, See, I would blame God for the stuff that was happening in my life, which of course it was never God that did these things to me. It's never been God that's done horrible things to you. But the enemy was so relentless to take me out. I know why now, by the way, it's way too late. But, um, so I did what most girls in the state of California do when they have nowhere to go and nowhere to live and no money. And I became a stripper. And so I entered in the sex industry and became a stripper. And that's like a whole nother story because there are so many crazy things that I experienced and I encountered there um, in the sex industry as a stripper. Uh, you know, the alcohol and the drugs and all kinds of crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy life for industry girls. And again, I say never judge someone that you meet if you happen to know or meet an industry girl because you never know the pain behind their story. I ended up having to, um, I got out of stripping because um, I got so depressed and I actually had a suicidal attempt. It was just, I just got so bad and so ugly. And I just couldn't keep my head above the water anymore. You know, I just couldn't make it anymore. And I just wanted to end my life because it would just be easier to be gone, I thought. Um, And in the middle of me attempting to kill myself, I had a huge butcher knife, brand new knife set, by the way, from Ikea because I just got a place to live and I just got furniture and some things and stuff like that, you know? And um, I was sitting there cutting at my wrist in this drunken, depressive, suicidal state, covered in blood, blood all over the floor and in my carpet and soaking my clothes and, and something supernatural happened and some of you may not believe this, but it happened. Um, the knife stopped cutting. A brand new butcher knife stopped 
cutting. And I had an encounter with God in one of the worst moments of my life. And he reminded me of when I got saved and when he put a calling on my life years before. And he showed me this vision. See, it's someone can, no one can ever get too far that God's love can't reach them. He showed me a vision as I'm sitting there drunk and drenched in blood trying to end my life. He showed me this vision of all of these people, these multitudes of people, and they were just standing there looking at me. And they were broken and hurting, and they were just swaying back and forth, all broken. And they were just staring at me waiting, just crowds of people just waiting. And God said, who's going to reach the ones that I created you to reach? Who's going to rescue them? Who's going to go after them? He said to me, you can't end your life because their lives depend on it. And in the middle of that moment, God saved me from killing myself. And I was reminded that I do have a purpose. And I think that's so miraculous that our miracle working God can reach down in the darkest moments of our lives and speak purpose over us and give us a reason to live again. Give us a reason to make it another day. Give us a reason to press through. Give us a reason to never give up. So I don't care what situation you're in now, how dark or how traumatic or heavy or deep it feels. Today is a day of breakthrough in Jesus' name. So I end up in all kinds of, there's so much more that I ended up going through. But um, later on, I end up moving to Missouri to kind of get away from all of this trauma. And I had to get out of the sex industry, out of, um, I couldn't strip anymore. I just, it just drove me down deeper than I knew how to climb out of. And so I ended up coming to Missouri and, uh, and trying out going to college at Lincoln and, um, in uh, Jefferson City. And that's where I met John Mark Skiles at the church there. And anyway, um, but soon after that, um, I got a modeling contract for, uh, in Los Angeles. And back then, many years ago, I was real little and real, real cute. I'm just telling you, okay? You didn't know me back then, but just trust me. I, like, I had it together, right? Too cute for my own good. <laughs> And um, anyway, so when you're a new model in Los Angeles, you know, you got to go in, you got to network, you got to socialize, you got to go and like meet the who's who's and this and that. And it's all who you know, and blah, blah, blah. So I ended up getting an opportunity to go to this billionaire's, uh, one of his homes on the beach in in the Los Angeles area uh, for like a little networking event or whatever. And upon entering, you had to scan your driver's license and information just to come onto his property. And I ended up meeting him there and like, you know, whatever, just another event. He had a clothing line and like, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so anyways, I met him. I was like, hi, bye. Okay, great. Thanks for having me and left. And a few weeks later, his people found me and they contacted me and they said, hey, we want to give you an opportunity, a modeling opportunity in another country. And you'll be able to represent the clothing line and and basically do several events and things um, representing the clothing line. And I thought this was just like, this was my big break. Like this was like a dream come true. I'm brand new to this thing and I already have an opportunity where maybe it would turn into something more. Maybe I would end up being able to be a catalog model for them and like their stuff was on TV all the time, all that stuff. I'm like, this could just be the beginning of something really, really huge. And they were giving me a round trip, like all expenses paid trip to another country, which is like, what? And so I didn't see some red flags there. I was only given a one-way ticket. And um, I was just so excited about this opportunity. When I got there, it was nothing that I thought. And very quickly, my dream turned into a nightmare. And I was caught up in the world of sex trafficking. And some of you know what that means. And if you don't, it's just basically, I was just lured and tricked and lied to in a place. I was told that I have a dream job somewhere. And in reality, he purchased me for sex. And no one was, I was not getting paid or benefited in any way. I was tricked and, and, and coerced into coming into this situation. And, and um, I had to sleep with this monster. And I saw girls disappear. I saw many horrific things while I was there um, that I won't go into detail because there's, there's younger people here in the room today. And um, anyway, so... I ended up, you know, some of the girls that would, they would always come and go all the time. And, and there was this one time where these two girls actually got a plane ticket to fly back home. And so I got the strength 
and the energy to go and approach this guy, the billionaire. And let me just preface this by saying, like, you didn't talk to him unless he talked to you. You didn't even make eye contact unless he was trying to get your attention. It was always, it was just like constant torment in my mind. Am I sitting the right way? Like, am I, am I... Am I doing the right thing? Like, ugh, I just don't want him to call me back to his bedroom. And, and, you know, it's like you had to, he wanted us to all be these pretty little dolls, you know, for him. And if you weren't done up enough, then you would get scolded and in trouble. But if you were, if you were too perfect, for, then he would pick you and take you to his room and force you to do all kinds of things. And so one day I got the strength to come and approach him. And again, it was like, illegal in his words illegal to do anything that he had not permitted us to do so this took a lot just to start a conversation with him and initiate a conversation and um i asked him if i could get a ticket home and his response was no i bought you as a christmas gift for me and my girlfriend you're not going anywhere so (laughs) here i was a young naive model thinking this is like a dream and a trip of a lifetime. And in reality, I was purchased, I was ordered like a pair of shoes as a Christmas gift for his top girl, his diamond girl. And what's so crazy is she was the one that picked me out of these pictures that they had taken at that event that I thought was a harmless, just socializing, networking event or whatever. And so many other traumas and things that I've uh, went through. And so now let's get to the good stuff. Y'all ready for the good stuff? Yes, okay, let's get to the good stuff. So let's go to the next slide there. Here's my life now, and I just want to say none of this is bragging on me at all in any way. And you'll see some things up there that maybe in your head you'll think that's really not a big deal. But everything that I've put up there is stuff that I thought that I would never have. Something simple like healthy friendships is something that I never had in my life. I always felt like a loner, even though I knew a lot of people. I always felt like I didn't really have any true, really good friends. Um, I ended up marrying a pastor, as you guys have heard, (laughs) and uh, he knew my whole story except for the trafficking part because I hadn't fully uh, recollected what I went through for nine years. It was suppressed because of the trauma of it, but he knew everything about my life, and he he said, I love, I love you. This is before we got married. We testified and we shared all of our dirt and all the stuff of our lives. And so if there's anyone and you're thinking that one day you'll never be able to get married, you'll never be able to, because you're thinking about your life and your past, let me just encourage you and just say, that is so not true. Because my husband loves me and he loves God more because of every miracle God's done in my life. And I, I have two beautiful babies that you saw before I started. I never thought I'd be able to have kids. Never thought. I actually had three abortions total. I, I never thought that I could have kids. And having my daughter, it really healed me because I still had some shame and some pain. It was like I could, get, I could you know, forget everything else. Everything else I'd been through, but the abortions really took me some work to heal through. Um, And anyway, I got healed. I I got forgiven. I got set free. I got delivered. And I stand before you. I have no more post-traumatic stress disorder. I have no more depression. I'm no longer bipolar. Trust me. That's for real. (laughs) And... um, no more of the, of the depression and the pain and the trauma. No more nightmares. That is huge. No more nightmares. Jesus has made me brand new. So anyone that believes, if you even went through one of those things that was in my life before and you've just been stuck on that thing and you can't get over it and the enemy's been lying to you saying, maybe you'll just always be that way. Maybe you'll never get through it. That is a lie from the pit and I break the power of that lie over your life right now in Jesus' name. And I declare that hope is rising up on the inside of you to be more than a conqueror, to have a brand new life and receive every perfect gift that Father God has for you in Jesus' name. So I have peace every day. I have joy every day. This is something I never thought I could have. My husband and I planted a church. You've heard some other stuff. I actually wrote a book. Crazy. Um, And... um, Now I get to go into those places that I was so wounded in, like into the strip clubs and do strip club ministry. And um, I got to go in last night with Lacey. And it's just so amazing. I get so much joy being able to do evangelism and just loving on girls and loving on people that look like little me's to me. When I'm there, it's like, oh, she's just like a little me, you know? 
And um, I get to help minister to those that have come out of trafficking and all kinds of stuff. And so it's so amazing because God always outdoes what the enemy has done in our life. (laughs) Always. God is so good. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. And he has the last say over your life in Jesus' name. So I'm going to give, I'm going to jump into some scriptures here. And we're just going to go on a quick scripture train because I love the word. I'm a student of the word forever. And um, I've got some really good scriptures to share with you all about how does all of this stuff and this junk that I just shared, how does it apply to you? Like, what's, what's the big deal? And, and yes, you've heard a powerful testimony, but what does this have to do with you? I'm going to tell you, okay? Let's take a look at um, 2 Corinthians 5. I love this scripture. This is exactly what happened in my life and what's happening in yours. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Hallelujah. That's literal, by the way. I literally became brand new. Like I'm literally a brand new person, not affected by the traumas, the pain, the sins, and the junk of my past. I'm literally brand new. And I can share my story without being re-traumatized because that's not me anymore. I'm a brand new person in Christ. It says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And I release all new things in your life right now in Jesus' name. I declare that everything that is not made new is turning around and becoming new for you in Jesus' name. It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. If there's anyone here and you've been praying about why am I alive? What's my purpose? What is my purpose, God? What do you have for me? I would like to submit to you that I really believe that all of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Winning people back to the Father. Winning people to Him. Bringing people to Him. So you have a ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. I'm so thankful that my sins are not being tagged on to my life. Amen. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. I'm so thankful that it's not by my works or my religious stuff that I do that I get to be in relationship with God. But it's through what Jesus did on the cross that he took all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my pain. And he took the punishment for that on the cross so that I can live in a place of relationship with God. Not having to go through a priest or any other man, but I can run boldly before the throne of grace and say, what's next, Papa? I love you, Father God. And I get to run boldly before the throne of grace and talk to my daddy in heaven because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And you can too. So what does this, what does it mean to be ambassadors of Christ? It means taking our everyday ordinary life and putting it before God as a living sacrifice. It's not just when we're here in church. It's everywhere that we go. And I'll share a few quick uh, stories Because what's really cool now is I get to see the kingdom of God at work through my life. Because I'm brand new now. So I see God do healing and miracles through my life. Because I'm brand new. And I'm in Christ. And it's really, really cool. Because, you know, this, uh, this next scripture here in John 14. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. This is Jesus speaking. This is what the ministry of reconciliation looks like. It looks like being like Christ and doing the same things that we read about and the same things that we see in the New Testament. There is an invitation for us to be like Christ, to be Christians, little Christ, Christ Christ-like in this earth and do things, uh, allow him to work through us so that God is glorified, drawing people back to him. So it's so amazing to be an ambassador for Christ and for his kingdom. And I'll just share this story about being a mama. You know, um, I, had, I used to have this lie and I used to think that, you know, as a mama and so much on our plate, like, you know, maybe I'll have to wait till my kids get older before I can start doing some of the stuff that um, God has spoken over my life and God has shown me that I would do for him. 
I used to think, man, you know, it's just so hard just being a mama of young ones, like to do this now. And the Lord just totally shattered that. And he, again, just said, it's in the everyday life. It's wherever you go, you're bringing the kingdom of God and miracles can happen because you're there. And so it's so cool. Like, there's this one time I was just picking up my kids and uh, bringing them home from school and making peanut butter jelly sandwiches and one's crying and my husband is really tired because of just working so hard and, and one's like, I need this kind of peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she's a leader in the making so she's demanding and telling me everything she needs. And in the middle of all of that, I'm sensing in my spirit that God is wanting to do something. And as I was taking out the trash in everyday ordinary life, God, the kingdom of God, he wanted to work through me. And in taking out the trash, I heard a word of knowledge about one of the construction worker guys that one of them had sciatic nerve damage. And with my little fiery boldness in the Holy Spirit, I just ran across the street. Hey, what's up, guys? So which one of you has sciatic nerve damage? (laughs) I didn't know what else to say. And I got to pray with him and he got healed from sciatic nerve damage just in taking out the trash. So it's like, if we are just so aware of the power of God, the power of the kingdom that's in us and on us and in Jesus working among us in our everyday ordinary life, no matter what we've been through in the past, God can use us to do signs and wonders and miracles and to demonstrate who God is to everybody in our everyday life. And so if you've been feeling like God can't use you, if you've been feeling like Maybe it's going to be far off. Maybe I've got all these reasons why I don't know if God can use me. I'm just like totally shattering that lie today. Because God can use you right now in your everyday life. We just got to report at our church because we've been contending and praying for this. We want to see the fullness of the kingdom. We want, to, we want to do the stuff that Jesus said that we could do. Matthew 10 says, um, as you go... Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is, these are those works, these are those things that he said we can all do in him, right? And we just got a report um, here recently, because we want to do this stuff. If Jesus said we can do it, we want it all, man, you know? And so uh, we just got a report. Uh, one of the women at our church, her name is Linda, her father um, had passed away. And we were praying for him, and the whole congregation was praying for him. And he was medically, medically dead. He passed away. He had been, it had been spoken over him, doc, like recorded for eight hours. But Jesus said we could raise the dead. Now, didn't he? <laughs> And we were praying, and God resurrected him from the dead after being clinically dead for eight hours. This is amazing. And what happened was he didn't know Christ before he died. Jesus raised him from the dead. He received Christ as his Savior. And this is another crazy, I guess, just a sign and a wonder. His eyes were brown before he passed away. When he came back to life, when he was resurrected, they were a a, a light color. His eyes changed color. He was able to recognize people in the room. He was totally in his right mind and recognize and speak with people, received Christ as his Savior. This is amazing. And to think that God is still doing these things and wants to do them through us and through you. This is why Jesus said to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else that we need, it's going to be given to us because he's a God is a good, good father and he gives good gifts to all of his children. And as we're seeking to really know and understand what this kingdom is that he's established in this earth, that he's invited us to be a part of, it's not just about salvation and getting free from all the junk. It's about fully stepping into the kingdom of God and being empowered to do the same things that Jesus did. So if I, again, went through all the junk that I've went through, and if God could use me to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do all of these things, how much more can God do through you? I just pray that hope rises up in you today to step into it. And any lie that you've been believing about yourself is shattered in the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for coming up to help me. (laughs) I'm almost done. I finished, guys. You guys okay? So... Here's a really, this is one of my favorite scriptures, and I believe one of the devil's um, scriptures he hates the most. I'd like to just look at Colossians 2 real quick. 
And Colossians 2 and 10, the first, this verse says, So you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And verse 13 says, You were dead because of your sins, and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. Hallelujah. He canceled the record of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Somebody needs to forgive themselves. If God can forgive us because he canceled these charges, he took all of our sin and our pain, and he nailed it to the cross for us, everything that happened because of the finished work of the cross, then can't we also forgive ourselves for those things? I just declare right now that there is a grace to forgive yourself right now. Anyone that needs that, just take that. And under your breath, just say, I forgive myself. If there's something that you have held on to. And this is the part I get really excited about. In verse 15, it says, In this way, he disarmed spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. You know what this means? See, in those times, when it, to be shamed publicly, what that originally, what that's talking about is when they used to go out and do battles, the victors would literally behead the enemy after, after getting victory in a battle. They would put the enemy's heads on stakes and they would ride back home to their town and to their people. And they would show their people the heads of the enemies, the heads of, 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 of the leaders of their army, the heads of the kings, the heads of those that were enemies to them. They would ride through with the heads of the enemies on a stake. And it brought much peace to all the people knowing that they shamed their enemies publicly saying, oh, we have no more fear. They've been beheaded. They've been overcome. And they shamed them publicly. And this is what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. He shamed the enemy publicly so that we could all be at peace and not live in fear, knowing that we are overcomers through what Jesus did for us. Amen. And today I'm just declaring that there is healing from any from spiritual warfare, anyone that's struggling with depression, anyone with mental um, illnesses, anyone that's been struggling with addiction, anybody that's been struggling with any type of thing that you've been warring with that you can't do by yourself. I'm just letting you know you can't do it by yourself. But today there is a grace that you can allow God to do it in you. And just like he did it for me and set me free, I'm declaring this is your day of freedom and breakthrough in Jesus' name because of the authority of Christ. Jesus was seated at the right, seated at the right hand of the Father. And the word says he's actually praying for us right now. He is for us, not against us. And some of us, we have strange ideas of what, who Father God is because of things that we've encountered with our Father in the natural we have strange ideas about the Holy Spirit or about Jesus because we've had some really painful things happen in our relationships. But can I just say, I just apologize to you for anybody that's ever harmed you or anybody that's ever done anything in your life to, to bring trauma or pain or shame or angered you, anyone that's ever stolen from you. I just apologize on their behalf and I say, would you forgive them? They really didn't know what they were doing. Jesus, even as he was being persecuted and beaten on, the, on his way to the cross, he said, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Would you forgive them today? And just praying that you would be so reconciled back to Father God, to know his love and not look at Father, not look at Holy Spirit, not look at Jesus through the lens of pain from your past, but just open your heart up to say, man, I wanna know you for who you really are. I don't wanna look at you like I look at my Father seen so many people that have felt like, you know, their father was very distant. Maybe their father was never there. Maybe their father had left them and they look at God like he's distant and he's far and he's never there. Oh, but I'm just telling you, he's so close today. He's so close. He's closer than you know. So I thank you, Father God, that you're healing people right now. I'm just going to start praying, you guys. I thank you, Father, right now that you're healing us from any hurts from our past, any shame from our past, any pain, anything that we have done that we have felt like is unforgivable, anything that we have been through. And Father God, I just say, help us, Lord, now. And I release the healing and the power of the name of Jesus, emotional healing to take place. And right now I take authority over every single spiritual warfare, every assignment of the enemy against your life. I take authority right now and I break and I rebuke the assignments of the enemy that have come against your life in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, because your word is true. And you're not a man that you should lie. But if you said it, if God has said it, will he not do it? 
If God has said it, will his word not come and be performed among us? I'm just going to have you stand all over the building. And before I uh, just hand the service back over to Pastor, I just want to just say that even healing is available today, physical healing. And I don't care what has happened in your life. And some of you have been through stuff in your physical bodies that's even from the, the pain and the trauma of things that you've been through. And I'm just, I'm just declaring over you total healing. And I heard this this morning. I, I wouldn't say this if I didn't hear this from the Lord, but you know, God can even heal sexually transmitted diseases. Actually, here in Joplin, my husband won a man to the Lord many years ago, and God healed him from HIV. The doctors were confounded. John went with him to the doctor when they checked his blood, and he had been HIV positive for many years. God actually healed him completely. And both of the doctors got saved. <laughs> And their families came into, I mean, it's amazing. There is nothing that you're dealing with right now that God cannot take and, and, and work a miracle in your life. So let faith arise right now. Just close your eyes with me. I just want to just start praying and release some, some blessings over you right now. And I just want to say, Father God, we just love you. We love you. We glorify you today, God. You're the only one that could do these things in us. You're the only hope that we have, Father God. Where people have failed us, where family members have harmed us, God, your love is forever. And I thank you that you are the same and you are consistent and you are stable. And I thank you that even when our mothers and fathers have forsaken us, that you will never abandon us, that you will never leave us. And right now, Lord, I just pray a prayer for, for anyone, Lord, that is wanting to come back to you or be reconciled to you. In fact, right now, just with your eyes closed, because I don't want anybody to feel funny or anything, if, if you have heard this today and you're like, man, I need to come back to God, or if, if maybe this is your first time to this church stuff, maybe this is your first time coming along and, and everyone's eyes are closed and no one's even looking at you, but if you feel like you just want to enter into a love relationship with God and allow His love to work miracles in your life for the first time, would you just raise your hand? No one's looking. Okay, I see hands. And if you are if you are feeling like you got to come back to him, like maybe you've been just riding the fence. Maybe you've just had a lot of junk happen in your life and it maybe it wasn't even your fault. But it's been really hard to do this whole God thing because of the pain that you've been through. Or maybe you've just been wilding out and having a good time. I don't know. But you know today that you need to give your life back to him and have that surrender moment. Just lift your hand. No one's looking around. This isn't an embarrassing moment. Okay, hands down. Thank you so much. Hands up all over the building. So, Father God, right now, I thank you for every single one that's coming back to you and those that are even coming to you for the first time. And I just pray a prayer over them. God, your word says that anyone that calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. With our hearts, with their hearts, they're believing. And with our mouths, we confess that Jesus is Lord. And I just say, just welcome them into your life. I thank you, God, that they're surrendering their lives to you. They're coming back to you right now. And I just pray that you would miraculously move in them. Pour out a tangible, tangible measure of your love over them today. And I just pray for everyone else, Father, that's here, Lord. I just declare over them, God, that you're going to do amazing, miraculous things through their lives. I thank you, Father, that they will lay hands on the sick and see them recover, that the dead will be raised, that, God, you will be unlimited through their lives. We thank you for all that you've done today, Papa God. We give you glory, honor, and praise. The last thing I just want to pray out is if there's anyone here that needs a physical healing in your body, just wave your hand. It could be migraine headaches. It could be back pain or something going on with an organ or maybe a heart that's just not beating right. Whatever it is, just put your hands straight up. Okay, thank you. So um, those that are not going through physical illness or, or, or pain in their body, just pray for these ones that need healing. So Father God, right now, I thank you. If you need healing in your body... I want you to take note of where your body's at right now, meaning where, how bad the pain is, or if there's something that's measurable, like a mobility issue or something like that, just take note of what you're feeling in your body now, because as God begins to touch you, it's important to know he's moving on you. So if your pain from one to 10, like 10 is the worst pain you could possibly be in, even if you're at a five, or even if you're just at a three in pain, take note of that right now. And we're going to pray for you just where you're at. Jesus is going to confirm his word among you. This has nothing to do with me. Jesus is the one that brings healing because of what he did on the cross. And I just want you to take note. Some of you may feel some tingling. Some of you may feel some heat. Some of you may sense something happening. It may already be happening right now. 
And there's even some of you that walked in here really heavy, and you're going to feel that heaviness and that stuff lift off of you. So, Father God, right now in Jesus' name, I just pray for every single one that, ne- that needs healing right now. Lord, you know every infirmity, every ailment, every issue. And I just release your healing over them right now. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. I ask, Father, restore everything that's been lost. I ask, bring into balance those things that are out of, out of balance. I say, Father God, make all things new within them. Lord, new spines, new organs, make all things new right now in the name of Jesus. I say, be healed and be made whole by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, your Messiah, because of the stripes that he took at Calvary. I thank you, Jesus, that you took our infirmities and you bore our sickness. You took it in your body so that we wouldn't have to carry it anymore. I declare that discs are being slipped back into place. Pain, go right now in Jesus' name. Infirmity, sickness, leave in Jesus' name. And I pray, Papa God, restore all things that have been lost. If you're one of those that was receiving or needing healing, if you have if you're feeling tingling or if the pain is now less than it was before, if you're able to move or do things you couldn't do before, would you just put your hand up if you sense that God's touching your body in some kind of a way? Amen. Amen. God's healing people all over the building. I'm seeing some hands. So we thank you, Father, for what you're already doing. We thank you that your sons and daughters are aware that you are healing them. They're, they're feeling your presence on them. We thank you for your healing and miracle-working power. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I know that you are faithful to complete the work that you've started in them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that you've done today. Amen. Pastor Jean, would you come? And just stay standing because we're going to have a time of worship as well. Amen. Thank you for letting me share with you all today. Bless you. Amen. I just appreciate Sula so much opening up her life to us and telling her story. Many of you here, you're struggling with that one issue as she talked about earlier. You're struggling with that one issue. And you say, man, I don't know if God can just get past this one issue. You know, you've seen all the issues that God has miraculously taken her through. And I want you to, your faith to be built up that, God, you can take me beyond my abuse, my uh, rejection, my hurt, my mistake in the past. God, I can move beyond it. I'm more than that. I am the son and daughter that you've called me to be redeemed by your grace, healed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. How many believe that today? Amen. Before you leave today, we're going to close with a song. And I also want to give you a chance to be a blessing uh, to Sula and her family. I can tell you right now that, man, we want to bless them. And we have an opportunity to just let her know we appreciate her taking time off Mother's Day to come down here and be with us and to share her story. And so we're going to take up a special love offering for her and her family. I can tell you as church planners that everything we give today will be a big blessing to them. And I've been in those shoes and know what it is. And so today, I want you to help me be a blessing to them today. And let's bless them from Destiny Church. Our ushers are going to pass the buckets today as we close this song. Let's declare in the kingdom of God, there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, you know this song. Help us sing it out. There is power. Come on. There is power in the name about what we talked about this morning. All the power and the glory belongs to Jesus in this place. Come on, let's lift it up. In the name. And what does that name do? It breaks every chain. Come on, whatever you need in this place, let's lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, let's make it loud. There is power. Thank you, Father. But we thank you for your redeeming grace. Without of none of us are worthy. But God, we are 
free today because of your redeeming grace. We love you so much. Thank you so, so much for sharing your testimony. How many know that we overcome by the power of our testimony? Amen. You guys, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. Walk, walk in the freedom God has given you today. Enjoy the rest of your day with your family, your friends. You guys have a great afternoon. God bless you.